Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Carl Mollison, founder and director of the Get Wisdom Project. This week, our topic is uh, the divine perspective on divine truth on evolution. Is evolution truly the way that we came into being, or is it just a clever way to keep creator out of the out of the conversation? What do you say, Carl? Well, it's uh, kind of a mind warp for me as a scientist. Most of my life, working in research to develop new medical treatments, um, I just came to accept evolutionary science as, you know, on the right track, maybe not perfect, but none of science is perfect. And I, I know that as a scientist, and any scientist will tell you that ideas come and go. There's no such thing as absolute knowledge in the scientific realm. It's always an exploration and an unfolding of greater evidence that leads to wiser interpretations and a better sense of what reality actually is. And we're still only scratching the surface, and people really aren't aren't much aware of that. But it was a shock to me as I had a spiritual awakening and began to look for deeper truth to go back and look at what science has said about evolution and the actual scientific evidence and found that it's an emperor with no clothes. That is the literal truth. I've looked at it myself. Let's get on with it because we have a lot to share. Got a lot to cover. Gotcha. All right, Carl, well, you asked Source Creator. Source Creator, can you describe our true origins as a species? All right, and as a channeler, I do contact the Almighty directly. I've cultivated this ability over time, work my way up. And this is what Creator says about our true origins. You are 100% created beings. You did not evolve according to the precepts of your current scientific dogma as the consequence of an evolution through natural selection or other scenarios. This was a deliberate undertaking, and the stage was set by populating your planet with the necessary ingredients for life and to support life forms, all of which were similarly created. This was done in stages to allow things to become stabilized in various ecosystems, and there was some modification along the way with readjustments. And it was only somewhere along the way that the decision was finally made to create humans in the same way they exist and to populate your planet accordingly. So this is the reason for the strange series of life forms that would be wholly incompatible with human existence. For example, the dinosaurs and other conditions of climate and predominance of predatory species or a lack of sufficient life forms to support a population of humans of meaningful size, and so forth. Humans were introduced quite late in the game, so to speak, and so this was in terms of timing a late arrival. But the stage was set prior to that point for an advanced civilization to be inhabitants. So the only thing that changed was following the preparation of the nest, a particularly special form of advanced being was created and brought to earth to populate and to flourish. 
Well, Crater minces no words and comes right out with you are 100% created beings. <laughs> yes, and, and this, this really explains a lot of the science. Sure. Why there are gaps in the fossil record, for example. Well, there were starts and stops with the creation. Yes. There was a retooling. There were refinements that were done from creator's end of things with a new plan in mind to shape the world for the eventual introduction of the human being as a kind of gentle species, more vulnerable. You know, we don't have formidable teeth. We don't really have claws. We have nails to protect our tender fingers and toes. But, you know, we're not equipped to do battle, at least right off the bat, with an animal designed to be a predator, for example. So there's there's a logic and a reason behind the idea of creation as well. And that's why they refer to intelligent design as, yes. a, as a demonstration of an alternative way of looking compared to evolution. Yeah, I know I've looked into the fossil record. The species appear whole and intact you know, at some point and then persist for a period of time, either up to the present day or they become extinct at some point. But there's no evidence of any migration from one species to another or or from a immature form of the species to a more mature form of species it's just not it's yeah. just not there well and, and of course we have species that the fossil record demonstrate have persisted oh, for yeah. hundreds of thousands to over a million years in sure. exactly the same configuration so if there's all this genetic drift that things have to change and change and change and change to get to a form that can be maintained and stay in a stable configuration, you know, what governs that? Why do some species keep changing, others don't? And it's it's all a hodgepodge of conjecture in the final analysis. I think crocodiles fit that category. They've been around since the dinosaurs, I think. Yeah. Okay, well, next question. Uh, You asked Creator, in what ways is it true to say that everything is a creation, including God and evolution? All right, well, this is another kind of perspective of in, in looking at this question. And Creator tells us this is a total truth. You have been given this before, and it is quite a deep insight and description of the enormity of the creation process. Because the divine being you know as Source Creator was in turn created. And this is the manifestation of a vastness beyond your comprehension. So this is the take-home message here, so to speak, that the force of a loving God is vast and profound and to be treasured and cultivated and embraced by all. The understanding and meaning goes far beyond what human can discern or imagine. And so we invite all to grow and expand in their awareness as there are many, many benefits and blessings in coming out from the shadows and understanding the true nature of things. There is nothing at all to fear. It is all wondrous and joyous and imbued with love. There is nothing better that can exist. And so you will be learning and growing in magnificent ways and will carry humanity forward with your questions. You know, I don't think the point of any of this is to, you know, have the scientists trade their laboratories for church. You know, that's not the point. That's what we're trying to cross here. It's beside the point. There are many things that are left up to us by the Almighty, and we need science because that's the best we can do. 
but it's not the be all and end all. And that's the point we're making with this 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 program to focus on an aspect that's been distorted by science to claim sovereignty over the idea of life being haphazard and ch- a chance series of events and has no deeper meaning. And that is really disregarding our origin in a true sense and our lifeline to higher wisdom and truth that's available to us. But we've got to believe in it to get input. Absolutely. You ask, Creator, how are souls created from God? And does each soul group have a specific purpose, desire, when created? And Creator answers as follows. This, we must confess to you, is beyond human ability to understand. The energetics are too complex, and there are no words within your language or understanding to convey much about the process itself. If you think about the vastness of the universe and everything within it as being an aspect of consciousness in some form, this will point you to a better understanding of the true origin of the soul and how it can exist as an entity but yet be part of something grander. The humans in total, to a person, are all extensions of creator's consciousness. You were made to be a part of creator, and this was a deliberate construction and creation from first to last. It was not an evolutionary process. It was an act of creation that brought you into being. You were in existence for a large portion of humanity prior to the existence of the current physical universe. So you can dismiss the concept of evolution entirely from the discussion here, because as an evolutionary process within a physical universe, this is a late arrival on the scene with regard to many, many of the older souls. There have been some newer souls created along the way, and these are always brought into being as an expansion of possibilities. So the creation of each individual soul is decided and shaped into being according to a desire for a very broad expression of possibilities. So within each soul, there are many, many overlapping and shared features. It is because of the shared characteristics that people have an affinity to one another. The uniqueness allows their individuality, and each person is unique in the mix of uh, influences and attributes. If you think about the soul as something akin to a fine gemstone, having many, many facets, each one catching the light and reflecting outward a different frequency, a different color, a different shade and intensity as well. This gives you a physical metaphor to help appreciate the dimensionality and the complexity of the soul existence. It is multivariate. It encompasses many thousands of attributes and characteristics, some of which are applicable to your current physical state of existence, and many which are not in expression because they are not suitable and compatible with the current energetics. The soul is much, much vaster than the person. It is not a concept or idea. It is a physical reality that exists energetically with a depth and a richness of energies that is beyond human comprehension. It can create on its own and it does so. 
this is part of who you are as a divine human. You have within you the inherent creative capability of the divine and are a divine expression in all ways. The reality is you are all members of one family and this will serve you greatly to embrace and shape your perspectives accordingly. I think that expresses, you know, love and the ability to be compassionate towards each other. We actually do understand each other, and I think our shared qualities probably exceed by a large margin our unique qualities. Our unique qualities are truly unique, but the shared qualities are what make us human and able to relate with one another. Well, and this is an idea that pops up again and again and again with the trouble we have accepting people who are different and the cultural divisions and and the peculiarities from one's own perspective of how others live and and what people look like and the whole idea of diversity to embrace people who differ from oneself with acceptance and love and sharing and equality and equal rights it is divine sure how we get there all too often <laughs> falls short of a divine uh, embodiment or solution, but that's maybe a topic for another day, and I don't want to get into politics, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough of that going around. All right, you asked creator, what was your reasoning for creating the blue morpho butterfly to have wings that are a solid iridescent blue on top, but have a dark brown underside with spots? Yeah, this, this is something I ran into in a trip to Costa Rica that where these are native species. And you can see them flying around in the rainforest. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're huge in size. They have these beautiful blue, shiny wings from the top side. But if you turn one over and look at it, it's a completely different species from appearance, at least. It's all brown with spots and things in a kind of a model look. Mm-hmm. And this is what Creator says about this. This you have seen intuitively and is the reason for your appreciation of this species and your question here. We did wish to have a beautiful and gentle creature to be a visual delight for human. To make it a very large size with a striking blue iridescent wing surface that mirrored the sky. But then to promote longevity and safety of the creature itself, we designed the wings to have a mottled brown underside so that when it rests and the butterfly folded its wings together vertically, the shiny blue side was not on display but only the brown pattern wing surface, making it look like a withered leaf and very much part of a tree branch. When the butterfly was resting on foliage, this provided a quite effective camouflage to help the butterfly rest safely. You know, I don't want to get off the track here, but it seems to me a lot of people who might even accept the idea of creation would balk at the idea that creator would create anything special for humans to enjoy. Well, the opposite is the case. You know, if you think about this in, in, from this lens, all right, let's just take, let's take the example of the flowers. Yes. They don't have to be beautiful to us. They just have to attract insects, to pollinate some of them at least. And that isn't dependent on beauty as far as we know that the insects don't appreciate the beauty in the sense humans do. 
But they're just going after food, and that can be done through many different means. And a lot of the traction for the bees, for example, is ultraviolet wavelengths. And right. so that can be done with something that it has no visual appeal to a human being. Yeah, so I can take, appreciate an iridescent blue. <laughs> yeah, and, and take the example of the orchid. You know, there mm-hmm. was just recently an orchid show near me. And there's, there's I think, over 23,000 species of orchids. Wow. And they're found all around the world. And for what reason? Nothing, I don't believe, eats them. They, they just look beautiful. And they're, <laughs> they're appreciated by humans uniquely. Yeah, uniquely. And uh, this creator, creator will tell you, I put them there for you. <laughs> just like this, this butterfly. We got one more question to get through before the break. Uh, U.S. creator, many critics of intelligent design point to examples of obvious imperfections, such as the location of neural connections being in front of the photoreceptor cells rather than behind the retina, and the formation of a blind spot because of the neural wiring to the brain must poke through the retina to form the optic nerve. Why do these seeming errors exist? Okay, and creator tells us these are practical considerations not, there are practical considerations not being considered here. This is a functional solution to a series of problems involving fragility of the cellular architecture, the nature of the cell makeup involved in photoreception, and the ability to support it mechanically. In addition to the neurological signaling required to transmit information from the impingement of photons on the photoreceptors themselves, it looks like a faulty patchwork of less than ideal planning and execution but in fact is a miracle of sorts, including the seemingly illogical design element you describe. We would have to give you a quite detailed and lengthy lecture to defend this idea, but we assure you it is defensible. It is that people simply do not understand physiology and cellular anatomy and biochemistry sufficiently yet to understand the interplay of energies at an electrical and chemical level impinging on cellular matter in a way to create the proper signaling and responses to the environment and transmit the information intelligently to the brain for processing and have everything hang together and be efficient. In short, This itself is quite a powerful clue. If people want to follow it, it will be rewarding, we assure you. So what I would say about this answer is, Creator was the first scientist. (laughs) No one understands science like Creator. And that is the beauty and the majesty of our world in a nutshell, that this has all come together and been a beautiful manifestation of Creator's insight and love of beauty and love for us have to agree we're up on a break be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com you can download our prayer book at getwisdom.com slash prayer and check out the uh, the 10 divine principles for for your creative or divine living i guess uh messed that up uh, getwisdom.com slash 10 t-e-n and we'll be right back right after this Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. 
At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about the divine truth of evolution. In this segment, we're going to talk about dinosaurs because, well, they're they're fun to talk about. <laughs> Carl, you asked creator, what was the reason for the Cretaceous tertiary extinction event or the KT event, the name given to the die-off of the dinosaurs and other species that took place some 65.5 million years ago? Was that done by the divine realm to reshape the planetary habitat for eventual occupation by modern humans? Okay, so this is a follow-up to what we learned previously, that everything was a plan. And this is what Creator says. This is another creative insight from putting two and two together and coming up with four. In keeping with our creation scenario for the divine human, you are filling in the blanks to explain why there was not only an extinction event, but a profound reason to have one. This was indeed foreseeing the eventual creation of humanity and was serving to change the nature of life and prepare for a new round of creation with organisms suitable to provide a habitat of value for human experience. The other element here is that the current human race are all newcomers, not being the first round that was created and put on earth. There are no records of that era that neatly explain its existence and demonstrate what took place, so it is a forgotten part of history, which is only logical because with the extinction of human, there's no one left to record it. There was a long period in between the first human extinction and the advent of modern human, and that too was the need for retooling and a further rearrangement of things to provide other creatures in place to be of value for human survival. Yeah. So well. we needed food sources, right? Yep, yep. And, and maybe some beauty, some, some orchids to remind us of the divine, that there is divine love built in to the plant. Indeed, indeed. You asked, Creator, what about the possibility of the size of the dinosaurs with 1G gravity? Is the expanding Earth a good explanation? Yeah, well, this, this is kind of an obscure kind of question, but this is an example of what I do in my research. People come to me, they hear, uh, this was a speculation that the, the, the dinosaurs were just too big. They couldn't have existed energetically because muscles can't support an organism that large. This is pretty well worked out science. 
And so they they were coming up with some speculation that somehow the the Earth has expanded and it changed the energetics. It was more dense and was smaller. That there were forces available in nature that could help support that size of a being, and so on. So again, it's conjecture, but it was interesting. And this is what Creator says about this seeming impossibility. This is a misunderstanding and a misinterpretation of the fossil record and the geophysical history of the planet as a whole. These giant beings did, in fact, exist. And they existed in the 1G environment you know today, you know, one times gravity environment. So they were not a relic of an earlier era with a micro world that somehow expanded to its present size and configuration. They were able to do what they did because of the energetics of their beings. If you think about this, there are examples of animals here today that defy reason from a human perspective. If you look at the squirrel, who can spend all day running up and down trees, defying gravity, moving its body adroitly hither and thither and everywhere with extreme energy reserves that seem inexhaustible, a level of physical activity far beyond the most developed human athlete. Animals that can swim vast distances with few interruptions. Birds that can fly across oceans without stopping. Animals and insects that do something similar with the tiniest of muscles, but can fly vast distances with seemingly inexhaustible energy capabilities. This is what has allowed these gigantic This is what allowed these gigantic organisms to move about. They had a different type of energetics in their makeup, in their architecture, in the way their limbs moved and their body moved. This is because of creation, not because of evolution. It was an idea appropriate to those life forms, but not needed in other settings with organisms of a modern sort. The need for human to have a nest that would be safe created the need for a balance in nature so humans could survive and defend themselves, if need be, from other creatures looking for food. There was an entire reworking of life on the planet multiple times through the ages. There were differing needs for this. There were times when humanity was present but annihilated through extraterrestrial intervention. And then humanity was restarted once again. The historical epoch of the age of the dinosaurs and the larger-than-life plant species and gigantic insects were owing to differing physiology and chemistry and biological form than are used today. Things have been reworked and re-engineered and re-geared to be human scale. And the reason is specifically to provide a world for divine human to inhabit where they would truly be the dominant species and truly have control of things. And as was stated in earlier writings, the intention to have dominion over their world. That was the reason things were created anew in differing forms. So this is an astute observation by people who understand the improbability of such large-scale beings. But they are extrapolating from current biology in coming to the conclusion such animals would be impossible. The conclusion is correct, that such beings could not function based on current physiology and anatomy. There is something missing here, and it is not geophysical. It is biological and physiological, and so it is simply a nice hypothesis 
that is drawing the wrong conclusion. Well, we have a modern equivalent, the bumblebee. They still haven't figured out how that thing flies. Well, they think they they think they have, but but yes, it's a good example, and this would fit in that list of species creator says do exist that are improbable. Right, and so they have exceptional energetics, and I was told in other channeling this is a clue that someone if they went and just studied the squirrel, they could probably eventually through science discern something about the special energetics and use that to advantage to help people. What about people with muscular dystrophy? If you want to make a genetic alteration, why not make an enhancement while you're at it to make up for lost time? No, I'm serious. Sure, you know, sure. This is why I just said earlier, you know, cr- creator is the first scientist. Right, but not the last. <laughs> well, not the last, but we'll be eternal. So we can yeah. always tap in. There you go. U.S. creator, speaking of bees, was there any divine repurposing done for honeybees as we have have seen in other species? All right. And creator tells us these were not repurposed. They were part of the original creation of life on the earth and wanting to have abundant plant life. The honeybee was designed to be a vector for pollination from the outset. It is not an evolutionary feat. To create many plants that cannot flourish on their own, relying on the wind to cross-pollinate as needed for maximum propagation of the species, but will only happen effectively through transfer of pollen by other organisms, creating a chicken and egg problem for the evolutionary biologists to explain how one can happen without the other already being in place to provide the right conditions for continued vigorous life generation after generation. The entire dynamic of plant life and the environmental conditions and the cohabitation by other life forms to provide substrates and to provide active interaction were no accident. All was pre-planned and a series of adaptations and changes was added over time for further optimization and to capitalize on the most successful iterations to streamline things and build efficiency and a robust effectiveness into the genetics so the organisms would thrive and persist over vast periods of time and be, therefore, quite reliable adjuncts to the human environment. Then the question, you use the word repurposing. Some people might be a little confused by that. That was, well, uh, you know, where the creator takes a pre-existing um, creature and then well, repurposes it. Let me give you, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me give you the premier example, and that would be the mitochondria. This is a, a little uh, organelle that's in all cells. It produces energy. That's its function. It's an energy powerhouse of amplification from some chemical constituents into energy that can be used by the body. And it's present throughout the tree of life. It's present in microorganisms and bacteria. It's present in mammals and all kinds of animal phyla, the insects and the mammals and the fish and everything. So why did that happen? You know, evolution seems to explain it. Well, it started out in the bugs and the microbes, and then they evolved into larger species, et cetera, and the mitochondria were taken along. Right. But the opposite is the case. It started out on the earth with microbial life, and that energetics for that life were pre-designed. 
And creators saw this is a good idea and reused it in the more advanced, more complex species because it worked. Sure. There wasn't a need to make something completely different as a source of energy. So that's what's created a lot of the confusion, why there's so many traits in common across many differing species. You know, it, it creates the illusion that one sprung from the other. But right. it's just as logical and sensible to say, well, creator ch- adapted certain ideas from a prior species to reuse the principle in some Absolutely. other setting. Absolutely. And that's the reality. Well, you ask creator, besides pollination to support the human food chain, do honeybees have any other special relationships to human? Well, this is an interesting illustration why things are not as simple as they seem on the surface. This is what Creator says about this. As we have indicated, there are many commonalities in the soul makeup of the honeybee. Bees in their various roles and hierarchy exhibit many of the qualities of human beings, carrying out their cooperative function to provide for a family, a a family unit, and its survival with many parallels in common. There is a need for cooperative effort. There is a need to construct shelters from the environment. There are needs to acquire food and to share this. There are needs to rear and care for the young. And there are needs to create an infrastructure to provide for a large aggregate of individuals as a colony or community that may need to be relocated. And there needs to be a leadership and a coordination of effort to follow the leader and find a new destination and ecological niche to take up residence anew and start a new hive or a new community, in the case of human migrants striking out on their own to start anew. There are many energies contributing to an altruistic perspective and maintaining a high level of cooperation effort through intercommunication and a selfless dedication to the needs of the whole of the group of individuals that are shared in common by both species. There are also many things done intuitively that are essential to optimal optimal function on the community level as well as in the interpersonal interactions. While the range of behaviors might be quite restricted in the honeybee compared to human, the mechanisms for interaction and the decisions that take place are very similar in nature. And each species has elegant modes of communication they exhibit to facilitate the workings of the community and its successful survival over lengthy periods of time. Yeah, you know, the complexity... And the majesty of the of the honeybee, you know, community, you know, it, it really brings into question the whole, you know, come to, born out of randomness argument. It just it just defies the intuition. Well, it, it and it's and it is illogical on its face, and it's a giant chicken and egg problem, as Creator was saying earlier, where you can't have one without the other. You can't have the chicken without the egg. You can't have the egg without the chicken. So, what got there first? Yes. <laughs> well. That's an unsolvable riddle, isn't it? Science <laughs> attempts to do so through randomness, like it's got some magic to it. Right. Let enough time go with enough randomness, and eventually you get a chicken and an egg-laying hen, and then you got more chickens, and then eventually you got humans. And one of the things science has demonstrated, to my shock, having some time on my hands after my retirement from my first career, 
to go back and look at evolutionary science, the people really studying it dispassionately, the scientists, have worked out the probabilities for these kinds of things to happen. And the numbers don't add up. There hasn't been enough time with a 14 and a half billion year old universe kind of to round it off to allow so many random events to create something as intricate and complex as a honeybee hive and all oh, yeah. its behaviors. You know, and how did that happen over a, ser- a series of eons with, with incremental changes? And yes. weather beating them back and other predators coming in. And, and somehow that all came together and created this successful species that's thrived now for a long, long time. Yeah. And, and then take that and multiply it by the fact that there's untold millions of species on Earth. I mean, it's, and every one of them evolved somehow, you know, and, and yet we can't find the, the cross linkages between any two species, essentially. Yeah. And you would think with the millions of species out there, that would be a cakewalk to do. Well, and the the thing that's been very eye-opening to me as a scientist as well is with the advent of molecular biology to look at the DNA. Yeah. When scientists began probing the DNA of species and looking at the coordination and the correlations and trying to assign a kind of lineal descent from one species to another, it is grossly out of whack. It makes no sense. There are some species that are more alike than logic would dictate or physical appearance would suggest. And this, again, is an example of creator using good ideas and repurposing them. And so a fish can swim through the water by wiggling their fins and so on and wiggling their tail. Well, the idea of limbs is is not a crazy notion if you're on the land. Sure. You can't have a fin that waves in the air and get anywhere if you're <laughs> land-based, you know, through gravity. Right. You need something other means of locomotion. So so there could be similar genetics behind appendages. But that doesn't mean one evolved from the other, because then we're back to the impossibility of getting to the level of complexity needed. And I guarantee you, science has no answer for that complexity. They just don't. Well, like you said, there hasn't been enough time for all the changes to evolve. And yet somehow, you know, it's supposed to go from a fin to walking up on a ride on land in the compressed time that actually exists in the measurable human history or earth history even just not yeah. enough time it doesn't none of this works well and but, the other the other problem with that idea is that disorder creeps in rather than order yes left on its own the universe decays yeah. things break down the Entropy. changes that come spontaneously like mutations from cosmic rays and and you know natural sources of radiation and chemicals and so on they degrade the yeah. organism they don't make it better mutation so, has mostly a negative connotation it's usually a bad thing yes yeah and eventually it's lethal too many mutations become lethal and species can die out as a result of that so so this is an emperor with no clothes and th- they bend over backwards and twist into pretzels solely to keep the idea of the divine out of the discussion 
Well, we're going to explore that in the next segment, Outside Interference with Intelligent Design, and we'll do that when we get back from this break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about the divine truth about evolution. Very controversial topic. Carl, you asked creator, what are the dolphin origins, and were they upgraded to have individual souls? Okay, well, here we go again. This is what creator says. The dolphins were created, as is true of all species. They were given individual souls from the outset, and this is true of all the whales as well. They were always intended to be important stewards of the ocean and to have dominion of the seas with respect to all levels of life. In that respect, they are what is considered an apex predator in that they serve to manage fish populations and also the plankton for purposes of keeping things in better balance. This is true of human with respect to land-dwelling creatures. The competition with other predator species was not part of creator's plan and has created many difficulties for human. Most famines are owing to the depletion of wildlife across the planet from over-predation. Yeah, you know, that was revealed in, a, in an earlier channeling as well, and I, I, that one really struck me, you know, that over-predation is, is the reason there's famines, and it just, it just rung so true, it makes so much sense. Well, we know lots about this. If you come to get wisdom and look in our database, I mean, we, we talk on and on and on about introduction of the predators and they're extraterrestrial species. Okay, so the whole <laughs> idea of everything coming out of some primordial, primordial ooze on the earth is a canard. And some species came from elsewhere. And why do they resemble earth species? Because creator uses ideas throughout the universe that are similar because they work. Sure. 
you know, why would, you know, this is like the automakers, you know, they don't configure something from the ground up in a totally new configuration of matter to make an automobile. No, they take an idea that works, the transmission, you know, the steering mechanisms, the idea of a steering wheel and the wheels on the vehicle and the axle and the differential to convert energies and the engine parts and all that. And then they put a new shell on it, make it look sporty or, you know, appealing to the, you know, uh, the, the wealthy or what have you. And, you know, they experiment, too. I mean, they had push-button transmissions back in the 50s, but they just weren't practical. They didn't work well. Yeah, know, so. yeah. And in keeping with our statement about Creator being the first scientist, Creator also experiments and, yes. and says that. <laughs> and that's how some of these things have come to be. And there have been fits and starts along the way and uncertainties and so on. But the idea of the predators as the tool of natural selection to weed out the unfit. This is the whole thing, you know, survival of the fittest. Well, that's largely the action of predators, you know, back yes. to the ages. You only survive if you can run faster, outbite them, outstink them like the skunks, or hide effectively like a rabbit, freeze in place, or you better know how to build weapons, you know. And if it's a nice, neat pick package, but it's all a conjecture that happens to be wrong. Yes. yes there's survival value in having certain attributes, and that's part of creator's plan. To make species have those instincts for survival and so on. But the introduction of predators is a foreign notion. There are interlopers doing that to us. Yeah, and they, they have a social Darwinistic outlook, you know, which is another whole conversation. <laughs> that, yeah. could be a, yeah. that could be a whole radio show probably. Okay, let's you keep ask, going because yes, we, we want to get through we ask, this. We yeah. ask, you ask creator, can genetic disorders be caused by extraterrestrial manipulation of the human genome? Well, here's another dark fact that we're going to darken your world a bit with, but you need to know this. Creator says most genetic disorders have been deliberately induced. There are some things that happen as a consequence of environmental degradation via radioactivity or chemical mutagens. But that is more recent due to the advent of human technological advancement to create many novel chemical substances and use them throughout the environment for pest control, for preservation of foods, and in weaponry. There have been genetic alterations all through history designed to cause problems in human or done inadvertently with respect to actual outcome. There are many genetic alterations done to see what will happen is this can be a simpler way to sort out the actual workings of the genome. Those changes that are harmful but survivable can persist through inheritance in many cases and then add more problems to the overall gene pool. Okay, yes. so you may be wondering, what, what, what's he talking about? You know, who's doing the genetic changes? Right. If it's not intentional by creator... And, you know, is it humans or what? And it isn't. This is extraterrestrial manipulation. That was what we asked about. Yes. The cause of genetic disorders by extraterrestrial manipulation. So all these books and stories about alien abduction are largely true. This is huge. And it's going on every day. There are thousands of missions worldwide. People are being taken and used as guinea pigs. And that's one of the things they do. Tinker with their genetics and then see what happens. Let them go back in their families, make some more kids, see what those kids are like, study them, manipulate them further, and learn 
the consequences and grow their database of knowledge about what makes humans tick. They're not doing it for our benefit. They're doing right. it for selfish reasons. So, Indeed, and they've been doing it for a long time, but there's reasons that they're still intrigued because we keep it being a mystery to them for many any good reason. One of the fact is we have we are divine. So yeah. So this is not this is not natural selection. This is no. unnatural selection. Very unnatural. <laughs> Carl, you ask creator. According to scientific inquiry, a new drug resistant fungus, Candida auris, has emerged simultaneously in four widely spaced areas of the world. This appears to be a new species because it has not been found in any collection of cultures gathered prior to 1999. Even though this is highly unusual and suspicious. Such things are always viewed as natural because no one assumes there might be something sinister happening. Was this organism deliberately introduced as a bioweapon? And if so, by whom? Okay, and another interesting thing about this appearance, this magical appearance, suddenly of this super pathogenic form of fungus is there's a scientific hypothesis that's being touted now that this happened because of global warming. Oh, yeah. The fact the earth is a degree warmer than it was a century ago made these fungi mutate, and now that's the culprit. And this wow. is, a, this is a, a strategy. It's a deliberate strategy to blame the things the ETs are doing on nature or on human doing. Yep. So this is what Creator says about the appearance of this drug-resistant fungus. This is no small thing. This is a big danger. This organism was a deliberate introduction by the extraterrestrial alliance. The entire group of fungal organisms are interlopers, introduced into the earth plane deliberately to worsen things, to interfere with life forms and the happiness and productivity of human beings. All microbial pathogens are designed and engineered and introduced to be a scourge for human beings to suffer. That is the long and short of the story. Keep in mind the extraterrestrial presence has gone on for over 100,000 years now. And many of the pathogens of today were introduced long, long ago and still persist and still take a toll in causing morbidity and mortality. The divine realm is working in response to prayer requests to lessen the power of these interloper organisms But there are many still persisting in the environment, so people will continue to be at risk. Even though people are being partially shielded, there needs to be greater human awareness and an outreach with requests for divine assistance for this problem to reach the level of eradication on a widespread basis for the many pest organisms brought to your world to cause harm. Yes, more prayer requests. And... You know, the fact that there's new microorganisms and pathogens being introduced can go two ways. I mean, one interpretation is is that there has been success with prayer to reduce the virility and, and death-causing morbidity of, of previous pathogens. Yes. And now the, the ETs are responding to that by upping the ante. You know, so it's a contest. Well, and this is, again, an example of unnatural selection. <laughs> right, right. You know, this is a tit-for-tat. They respond to good with bad. Creator responds to bad with good. And round and round we go. And we're watching the circus. And we're the ones who are being pummeled and pushed and pulled and 
and, and savaged through all of the depravity that's coming from the darkness. And what can be more depraved than taking something that is truly beautiful and a blessing of the, of the highest magnitude and turning it into a painful endeavor? You ask, Creator, why is childbirth so painful? Was this a flaw in the human design in some way? Well, very pregnant question, to coin a phrase. <laughs> As we have described previously, Creator tells us, and this is a quote, The current reality experienced by a woman undergoing labor is nothing like the natural experience many yearn to have and wish to undergo in lieu of relying on anesthetic. This is a false notion because natural childbirth is currently unnatural. This is because of a genetic manipulation to alter the very anatomy of the human female and the response to the hormonal changes during the birth process itself that are no longer adequate to prepare the birth canal in a way to allow easy passage without great discomfort. This is a deliberate worsening of things done by the extraterrestrial alliance to cause suffering to human beings. And as such, it is a depraved act of savagery that is not only senseless, but beyond the pale, morally and ethically. This was a fortuitous observation that happened as a consequence of the ongoing genetic modification program being done on human abductees by the extraterrestrial alliance. And then noticing the trend that those with a particular genetic makeup experienced excruciating pain during childbirth then sought to introduce that change across the board for the entirety of the human species. And that effort has paid off for them in causing the infliction of great harm that continues in the current generation associated with children. Well, I'd love to discuss with, that with childbirth. We, got, we got one more question to get through. Is the universe created over and over? This is very, very true. There have been many iterations in creation of the universe owing to the need for reworking of the various projects. So we can tell you the success of your mission as divine humans will not only decide the fate of humanity, but in all probability will decide the fate of the entire universe and everything within it. The vast future in affecting the entire universe will depend on your outreach to creator to invite us to support and assist you. This will be the final test in determining your ability to stand above the darkness and resist its grip. If you do this, you will prevail. Wow. Well, that's that's the that's the marching orders, people. Get to it's up to us. Yes. It's up to us. Yep. Check out getwisdom.com. Again, download our, our book on prayer. That's the most effective way to change things. Getwisdom.com slash prayer. Uh, we got more wisdom coming up next week, Carl. So absolutely. Thanks, for, thanks again for this show and everything that you're doing for us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We're going to be healing all week long. So check out our healing work. There you go. Take care. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 